the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors were locked where the disciples were for fear of the Judeans, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who is called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told Thomas, we have seen the Lord. But Thomas said to them, unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, Jesus' disciples were again in the house and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then Jesus said to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered Jesus, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to Thomas, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise you, Hallelujah, Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Hallelujah. In the name of Christ crucified and risen. Amen. If you only could choose one of these two words, would you say that you are a believer or would you say you are a doubter? Recently, a 10-year-old girl told her seminarian father that she no longer believed in God, no longer believed in Jesus. It nearly took the wind out of her soon-to-be-pastor dad. But he was calm. He did not overreact. Now, I have a nephew in his late 20s who straddles between being an agnostic and an atheist in a family of devout grandparents and who also has a father as a pastor, my brother. Maybe some of you have similar experiences in your own family or with your friends. These days, those of us who go to church can feel like minorities especially in urban, progressive circles. In today's well-known gospel, Thomas doubts, but then comes to believe. And the story ends with this verse, blessed are those who have not seen yet come to believe. Perhaps one reason that people don't believe all this stuff is that a religious worldview no longer makes sense. 
Elaine Pagels is a religious scholar whose specialty is some of the early Gospels that didn't make it into the New Testament, like the Gospel of Thomas. Now, Pagels grew up in a home where her parents considered religion to be obsolete. But later, she became a Christian at a Billy Graham crusade. But when her Jewish boyfriend died in a car accident, her Christian friends told her that he was going to hell as an unbeliever. It was then that Elaine left the church, a church that she saw as a club for people spiritually superior to everyone who didn't share their beliefs. Numb, devastated, and alone, I left the church and never went back, she said. But she did go back. Pagels asserts that people turn to religion because we human beings suffer because we need help. And wounds, wounds are the mark of the crucified and risen Christ, the resurrected body that Thomas sees. Now the thing is, Elaine Pagels never imagined how her life would turn out. Her two-year-old son developed a terminal lung disease and died at the age of six plunging her and her husband, Heinz, into the depths of grief. And if you can possibly imagine yourself in this situation, 15 months later, her husband died in a hiking accident. Elaine was suddenly alone with a toddler and an infant, she could barely grasp her losses, much less maneuver through those dark, nameless days and months. But as an academic, somehow through study and through reflection, she came to realize that suffering is a part of human existence. Volcanoes erupt because that's what volcanoes do. And to be human, is to face obstacles as well. Finally, Elaine came to a sense of peace, the kind of peace that Jesus breathes on his disciples in today's gospel. And Elaine concludes that scripture was written to help people deal with what they otherwise would not or could not accept. And she came to realize that there is more to religion more to Christianity than the judgmentalism of her previous experience. She tells her story in a book that I and several others here today would recommend called Why Religion? A Personal Story. Fine and good, Pastor, but there's still the matter of beliefs and the creed. You probably know people who believe in God, Maybe believe in heaven, but the creed, miracles, mm, the Bible, mm, religion, mm, maybe not so much. And yet after Thomas doubts and then sees the risen Christ, touches his wombs, Jesus says, do not doubt, 
but believe. For some people, saying the creed can feel like reciting the Pledge of Allegiance in fourth grade. It may seem like a toxic or outmoded document intended to police heresies and outdated orthodoxy. Some of us are older to recognize the name Hans Kuhn that was in the news decades ago. He's kind of a radical Roman Catholic scholar. And when he was asked in a Q&A session whether he had reservations about saying the creed, he replied boldly, yes, on every part of it. And I think every Christian does the same. So I wonder if part of the problem is the way we think of the word believe. Believe sounds like giving intellectual assent to a list of doctrines. If you can't tick them off, tick, 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 then you are not a true Christian. Maybe if we can't make sense of the believe part of the creed, we can land on the we part of the creed with the Nicene Creed. We are part of a community that goes back thousands of years, a faith that people have found refuge in, meaning in. So some people suggest that maybe in our minds we replace the word believe with trust. I trust in God who created everything. I trust in Jesus crucified and risen. I trust in the Holy Spirit, Lord and giver of life, the energy of the church. But if you think about it, for some people, doubt runs deeper than just belief in God. We may doubt that life is fair. We may doubt that we can ever get beyond the tribalism, the racism, the greed that is rampant in our society. We may doubt that when our hearts are broken by tragedy, that we'll be able to go on. But let me say, as your pastor, or if you're a guest, a pastor in the church, that doubters are welcome here in times of struggle that we all go through. We support one another even when we wonder what or how we can believe. Another writer gives one more way to think about saying the creed. The English word believe comes from the German beleiben. Instead of beliefs being something we hold to be true, beliben returns to something treasured, something beloved. So another way to think the creed, we belove God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Certainly the God we proclaim here treasures everyone and every creature. Christ is risen indeed. This is the good news that even in doubt, even in despair, new life comes forth. This is the faith into which we are baptized, the faith into which we baptize at this font this morning. This is the hope that gives meaning to our days when nothing makes sense. Here's the thing. All of it is beyond belief. It's about love. It's about trust. It's about community. 
It's about meaning. It's about purpose. It's about eating and drinking at this table and finding sustenance. And it is the gift of each day. So wondrous beyond belief. Amen.